Information shared on the following program is for general information purposes only. It does not constitute legal, tax, investment, or other advice, nor is it intended to recommend any particular investments, products, or financial instruments. Always seek advice from your financial advisor, attorney, or accountant with regard to investment, legal, or tax questions. Welcome to the Worry-Free Retirement with best-selling author and fiduciary, Tony Walker. If you got it, you don't need it. If you need it, you don't got it. You don't get it, shame on you. Funny, funny, funny what money can do. Them that have it, get more of it. The less they need it, the more they love it. And it sticks to them like glue. Funny, funny, funny what money can do. Last week on the Worry-Free Retirement, we introduced a mythological character by the name of Icarus, who, along with his father, was trying to figure out a way to escape from the island of Crete. Anxious to figure out a means of getting off the island, Icarus's dad builds Icarus, a set of wings held together with wax accompanied with the following warning. Don't risk your life by flying too close to the sun, for your wings will melt, nor risk flying too close to the ocean floor as your wings may clog up. Armed with his new set of wings, Icarus takes flight and quickly experiences the intoxicating effects of being able to fly and consequently ignoring his father's warning. He flies higher and higher towards the sun, and you guessed it, he flames out. So why would Icarus take all of this risk when he didn't have to? I mean, he had it made, and all of a sudden, he wants to fly higher and higher instead of staying on track. In other words, why fly higher when you don't have to? Well, because just like us humans, Icarus thought it was necessary to try to do more and more and get more and more than what he really needed. I refer to this notion of taking unnecessary risk as the Icarus syndrome, a condition all too familiar for savers as they wrangle with whether to take unnecessary risk by investing all of their hard-earned money in the stock market, or worse yet, fearful of losing it all, doing nothing by flying their money into low-earning interest accounts over at the local bank. Well, if that's you, I have good news today, as I'm going to show you how to enjoy your money without putting it at risk and without being too complacent. Well, welcome, folks, to the Worry-Free Retirement. And yes, I am that little man in the sweater vest, high-flying retirement specialist and fiduciary, Tony Walker. And today we will learn the best way to strike a balance between taking risk with your money and being complacent with it. But first, before we strap on our financial wings and take off, let me introduce the producer of our show, America's favorite financial sidekick, Mr. Aaron Orander. Good morning, Aaron. Good morning, sir. How are you this morning? I'm doing very well on this uh, Veterans Day morning. We're recording on November 11th. You reminded me of that. So I know, let's see, when will this show be on, Aaron? This will be on in about a month. So in about four weeks, this will be on. So so, yeah. so I guess happy belated Veterans happy Day. Happy belated Veterans Day <laughs> to all you veterans out that, there. Absolutely. Thank you, obviously, for your service. So Aaron, have you gotten a kick? This was your idea, and I remember. Uh, have you gotten a kick out of this play on Icarus that we've kind of continued into show number two here? I'm enjoying it. I think I've learned more about Icarus in the past two weeks than I did all <laughs> throughout college. You know, I thought about it. Uh, I think back in elementary, we had a Greek. You'll appreciate this. I went to Glendover Elementary in Lexington, Kentucky, and I never will forget this. We had a Greek week. My brother reminded me of this. 
we had studied Greek mythology, and we had five classes back then, and we all divided up. I think, you know, there was Athens, Corinth, Thebes, or whatever. But it was so cool because what happened in your class, then we had Greek Day, and we would have competition. And I never will forget, me and a buddy of mine, Tommy Douglas, we built a chariot. You had to have a chariot with these little wheels, and somebody would have to ride in the back, and you'd pull them around the gym when we'd race. Now, was this like Phillip's boxcar? Was this, uh, was this it like almost it? Got it. it? Well, what's so funny, looking back at how dangerous that was back then, at the very end, you'd race around the track two times, pulling this little chariot. Ours was rickety as heck. And then you had to race out these double-wide doors out into the hallway. You're talking about dangerous. That's dangerous. But that, this was the 60s, early 70s. You know, the schools weren't as worried about stuff back then. But uh, anyway, so we got a lot of uncertainty, Aaron. And the Icarus syndrome, the reason we're using this syndrome so much and talking about it is the idea of flying too high, right? Taking too much, too risk. much risk. That's dangerous. But also flying too low or shall we say doing nothing. Or being with complacent with complacent. what you have. Yeah. Okay. So maybe that's you. You may be sitting there saying, well, Tony, we got all kinds of stuff going on now. We just, uh, apparently, if it holds up, it looks like it will. We've got a brand new president. Uh, we're still trying to figure out if uh, the Republicans will hold the Senate. So obviously that's going to affect the, the stock market one way or the other, because obviously it could go both ways there. So that's got the market kind of anxious. Uh, as, we, as we speak, the, coronas, or the as COVID-19 virus vaccine, looks like they think they're on the brink of that. That's really shot the market up. But the point is, there's all kinds of different factors in the market. And for most of you savers out there, we're going to be talking about that today and how we need to be really careful because although we're proponents of the stock market, we're not proponents of taking unnecessary risk. So when we come back, this is going to be a very interesting show. Uh, Aaron, we've actually, and I know these are pre-recorded, but we've got two really interesting interviews. And I know in our marketing meeting yesterday, we were trying to tie these together. I think we're going to tie them together nicely. We First of all, when we come back, of all people, we're going to be talking to a a uh, pretty well-known pulmonologist in Bowling Green, Kentucky, a physician. And from a scientific standpoint, now that we've been involved in the coronavirus for some time, kind of tell us w what's really shaking out there. In other words, who's been affected most by this virus? Who's at most to be at risk? Then we're going to follow that up with another interview from our own Bob Russell here in Louisville. Uh, he was kind enough to stick around and we recorded another interview and I think this one's going to come kind of from a spiritual standpoint, and it's going to encourage you savers. Rather than taking all this risk, we're going to talk about what you need to do to stand your ground, enjoy your money, and not be foolish with it. You're listening to The Worry-Free Retirement. I'm Tony Walker. I'll be right back. Who can you trust? It's one of the most important decisions you'll have to make. Question is, are you ready? Well, we're here to help at Tony Walker Financial. You know, we care more about you than we do your money, and we have over 2,000 happy clients and an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau to prove it. Rolling over a 401k, confused about Social Security, maybe you're afraid of running out of money. Learn how to use and enjoy and protect your hard-earned money. Log on now to TonyWalkerFinancial.com and let's get started.
Welcome back to the Worry-Free Retirement. And we've got a special guest in the studios today via Zoom. Uh, he's not only a good friend and golfing buddy, but also a well-known pulmonologist, Dr. Mike Zacek out of Bowling Green. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Tony. How are you? And thanks for letting me join you. Oh, you're more than welcome. Thank you for taking time from your busy schedule to uh, help us understand a little bit, first of all, about the coronavirus. And then after we depart, uh, I'm going to come back and share with the viewing audience what your recommendations and thoughts on this virus have to do with money and the risk associated with it. But first of all, just briefly, tell the uh, viewing audience a little bit about your background, Dr. Zajek. Well, I started uh, medicine back in 1977. I did my internship at Duke University and did a pulmonology, that's a lung specialty, uh, in association with the Air Force and uh, Barnes Hospital in St. Louis. But I've been in Bowling Green since 1986, so I'm an old timer down in Bowling Green. Well, and you've developed quite a reputation also in that and even the sleep world, which uh, fortunately, I had to encounter you in the sleep studies, and I appreciate your help with that. But more specifically with this coronavirus, now that we're recording this on October 27th, 2020, what could you share with our viewing audience just a little bit about what we've learned and more specifically, who appears to be a little more at risk to this virus than others? You know, the coronavirus has certainly been disruptive to all of our lives. Um, but it's not the first pandemic that we've experienced. Um, years and years ago, uh, back in the early 1900s, there was a Spanish flu that ravaged the world. Um, actually, many more people succumbed to that illness than are likely to succumb to the coronavirus. Uh, but these devastating pandemics occur regularly throughout history. Um, but it is very disruptive to our lives. What we've learned in the past six or eight months about the coronavirus is remarkable compared to, for example, our learning curve when the AIDS virus hit, or even um, influenza back in the early times when, when we really didn't even know how it was transmitted. So we've really made great progress. What we've learned about the, the, the current um, pandemic is that there are some folks that are particularly susceptible and other folks that really need to take care of themselves more for the protection of others than for themselves. Um, so for example, we've learned if, if the virus gets into a nursing home, it can be devastating. It can be just uh, tragic. Um, on the other hand, uh, um, if it gets into a college campus, um, there'll be a lot of kids that get sick. Um, the vast majority are gonna recover. And the real problem is when they go home for Thanksgiving or for Christmas vacation, they spread it to elders that, that perhaps can't handle the virus as well. So I think what you're saying kind of in summary is it appears to be anyway that elderly or uh, possibly those who are compromised uh, for various reasons for health are probably more susceptible to the virus. Is, would that be a good summary? Yes, Tony, exactly. For example, if people have lung disease, heart disease, um, certain conditions where they're on drugs that might suppress their immune system, those folks are definitely more susceptible. They have to basically take more care. It's been remarkable um, how our patients have transitioned to this kind of discussion, for example. We see people by telehealth now so that those folks can stay in the home and protect themselves um, because they know they really can't get out right now. Well, doctor, uh, as always, uh, you've been able to explain things in simple terms, and we appreciate your time so much. And uh, 
Obviously, you've proved another point. You're a much better doctor than you are a golfer. So thanks for your time. <laughs> Tony, you're, you're always a friend, and, and I enjoy your philosophy. I look forward to learning more about a worry-free retirement. As you can see, I've got some gray hair, and I'm thinking about that myself. <laughs> well, good. you have a good day, and we'll see you soon, Doc. Thanks. So, Tony, you might ask, what do the effects of the coronavirus have to do with where I invest my money? Well, as we have learned with the coronavirus, over time, this virus has tended to be more deadly for older folks or those with compromised immune systems. And thus, this group of people cannot afford to take unnecessary risks with their health. Is, am I making a good correlation here, Ian? Because we talked yes. about this. Okay, hang with me, folks. So what Dr. Zajcek is saying is that group of people has to be more cautious. That makes more sense, doesn't it, Aaron? Yep. I mean, they uh, versus, let's say, it looks like 20 or 30-year-olds don't. Because why? They seem to be more healthy. The virus doesn't affect them. Well, folks, your money, this is so interesting, your money is just like this. Think about this. If a 20 or 30-year-old, we're going we're gonna to show what's happened with the Dow over the last several months during 2020. So if a 20 or 30-year-old, Aaron, let's say they have a bunch of their 401k, or let's just for the fun of it say 100% of their 401k is in the stock market and the stock market tanks, do you think a 20 or 30-year-old has got quite a bit of time to wait for that to come back? They have, they have quite a bit of time, hopefully, God willing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, if a 60-year-old who's a year away from retirement has all their money in the stock market and it tanks, you think that 60-year-old is going to be pretty worried? Yes. Okay. So, folks, it's the same thing. Let's go back to Icarus. You've got your wings. You're flying along fine. You're retired. Listen, folks, this show, remember, is geared towards retirees or those nearing retirement. You're retired, nearing retirement. What we're going to do, just to prove our point, we're going to talk about this year, Aaron, and what has happened to this stock market and how volatile it is. In fact, uh, you can't see this in the studio, folks. By the way, I, I know I remind people on the radio show, we have a television show that's on every weekend. It's called The Worry-Free Retirement, in case you've never seen it, but it's basically a very similar show, but you have all of the graphics that we create, and uh, I, it's gotten to be very popular. We also have a YouTube channel. Uh, Aaron, if you would real quickly tell them if they want to watch past episodes of the TV show, how they can do that. Sure. So if you want to watch past episodes of the Worry-Free Retirement, just go to YouTube.com and right there at the top in the search bar, just type in Tony Walker Financial and you'll see Tony's smiling face pop up. Just click on that. Go to Tony Walker Financial YouTube page and you're going to find all kinds of information. All right. Thank you, Aaron. Okay. So in the essence of time, let's just kind of summarize. Aaron, I know you're looking at this uh, chart with me that Derek has put together, but um, the Dow's biggest gains. So in 2020, folks, we've had some enormous stock market gains in just single days. Let me just kind of read through these real quick. On March 13th, all right, this was basically the coronavirus was kind of just, it had basically reared its ugly head and we knew we had a problem. The Dow went up almost 2,000 points. That is a huge gain in one day. Why? Because apparently National Emergency declared that a testing plan had been deployed. Do you remember that? Everybody go, oh, okay, well, right. if we test for it, everything should be fine. So the Dow responded positively. March 24th, it goes up over 2,000 points in one day. Why? Because Congress enacted a huge $2 trillion stimulus package. So obviously, Money flooded back into the economy. The economy shut down. The Dow responded positively. 
April 6th, it goes up over 1,600 points because, again, they thought they had stabilized the virus. So positive news, obviously, positive doubt. You with me? Right. Okay, let's look at three of the worst days. These are humdingers. On the 9th, remember these dates, how close they were. It went down, down, again, down over 2,000 points because all of a sudden the number of COVID cases skyrockets. March 12th, it goes down over 2,300 points because investors were spooked by what the Fed said. Okay, the Federal Reserve, we won't get into why, but it did spook investors. And then finally, March 16th, it went down, listen folks, this is a huge percentage, over almost 3,000 points because politicians announced that the crisis, this was March 16th, wouldn't, would be extended until August of uh, that year, which was not good news. So remember, bad news usually means bad news for the market. So let's go over a couple of articles. So what does Wall Street tell you you should do? I love this, Aaron. So we got Icarus flying all over the place, right? He gets too close to the sun, then goes too far down to the ocean. And then the, the Wall Street, in their infinite wisdom, says, you know what, folks, we may have told you wrong. <laughs> Uh, and, and again, we'll talk about this on the TV show, but basically there's a rule of 100, Aaron, and it says, assuming 100, you take your age minus 100 and whatever's left is how much you should have in stocks. There's, this is their answer to fighting uh, instability. So if you're age 60, you should only have 40% in the stock market. Well, now because of this virus and the, the evidence of how volatile things are, what they're saying is, well, hey, people are living longer. We've changed that now to the rule of 120. In other words, 120 minus 60 means actually you should have more money in the stock market. So the logic, folks, this is what's crazy with Wall Street. The logic is because we're living longer, and apparently the only way to make it is to be like Icarus and fly higher, you should actually now have more in the stock market. See, to me, that last graphic proves you better be careful because it is volatile. So folks, what we're saying here is you have to be very careful. You don't want to fly too high and you don't want to fly too low. So how do we do that? How do we help our saver clients worry less about money? How can we have a little bit of money in the stock market, but also make sure that we don't run out? That's what we call our split IRA concept. So folks, if you're sitting there right now and say, well, Tony, I don't really have anybody that's really guiding me. I feel like I'm flying it alone or I feel like that Wall Street fellow, all they're telling me to do is just hang in there and invest in the stock market when I can't go back. You know, I can't go back to work at 60 or 65. Well, we need to talk to them. We are a full service retirement planning firm and we are fiduciaries and we are in the business of helping savers worry less about money. So don't just sit there, take action, let's talk. There's absolutely no cost or obligation. All you do is log on to TonyWalkerFinancial.com, TonyWalkerFinancial.com, or give us a call at 877-499-9255. That's 877-499-9255. Well, folks, when we come back, we've got a great interview coming your way. This is kind of now coming from the spiritual side of things. What can we do, regardless of how much money we have or where we're going to put it at risk or put it on the sidelines, to be more content with our money? We have the former pastor of Southeast Christian Church here in Louisville with Bob Russell Ministries, Mr. Bob Russell himself coming your way. A great interview you're not going to want to miss. We'll be back in 30 seconds.
Have you recently retired, been laid off, or offered a pension buyout? Has the company you work for moved, been acquired, or closed its doors forever? And finally, do you have a 401k with a previous employer you'd like to move to safer territory? Then take advantage of this opportunity to move your 401k or lump sum pension to Tony Walker Financial. Let's meet in person to discuss your retirement options. Log on now to TonyWalkerFinancial.com to schedule your free, no obligation appointment. Let us help you today. On November 3rd, Tony sat down with Pastor Bob Russell to talk about maintaining an attitude of gratitude and being more confident about life and money. We now join that interview in progress. Why do I sometimes, you think, get off kilter so easy and lose this attitude of gratitude? Because it does happen to me. And I, I guess it's befuddling because, yeah. like I said, we've got so much to be thankful we, for. We all do. But I think in the United States of America, where we are so blessed, there are a number of things that get us off kilter. But let me mention two. Okay. One is our incredible affluence. You would think the more we had, <laughs> the more grateful we would be. That's a really good point. We should be. But what happens is the more we have, the higher our level of expectation. And it becomes more and more difficult for us to be content. You know, if you've vacationed in Hawaii, it's hard to be happy when you go to Barron River State Park. <laughs> Now, wait a minute. That's getting close to home. Close. No, but, no. That's but, a good analogy, but, though. But I agree. When, if you've eaten at Ruth's Chris, hard to be at McDonald's. <laughs> and, but we've had it so good hmm. that, that we had the bar so high, we are ungrateful. And uh, the other thing is unfair comparisons. If you were living out in the country or you were in uh, the, the wagon trains and establishing a frontier home on the, on the west, you don't have very many people to compare to. You're content. That's right. But today we have all this exposure to people who have it better than we have it. And if we're not careful, envy sets in and envy destroys gratitude hmm. because you're looking at somebody who has it better. There's always somebody whose child is better athlete, whose child is better more intellectual, smarter, or somebody whose husband's more romantic or whose wife's prettier or job is more lucrative and, and you can make yourself discontent. I wrote a book a while back about our church because God had blessed our church and it was called When God Builds a Church and it did pretty well and I, I was very satisfied. What and was the theme of that The book? theme was how what makes a church grow? Mm -hmm. And I was happy with the book but the problem was another guy wrote a book by the name of Rick Warren about the purpose-driven church. Oh, that's, that was and a pretty I, big selling I on, book. I was it? on vacation in Gatlinburg and I saw a headline in USA Today, Rick Warren's uh, purpose-driven church sells three million copies. And I was like, <laughs> three million copies? If he gets a dollar a book, that's three million dollars. Man, uh, Lord, I'd settle for a, a million and a half and all of a sudden I'm discontented. Yeah because of unfair comparisons. Hmm. And I think the exposure we have to so many other people and the, the media tells us we're all victims because we don't have as good, envy sets in and we're not very grateful. I think it was maybe even Spurgeon said that envy is the ax that the devil uses, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it really does cut through you. What, you know, one of the things I wanted to ask you, I know in our last interview we kind of ran out of time, but I always kind of wonder sometimes, you know, I majored in psychology, majored in broadcast journalism, ended up being a financial advisor, but thankfully, and I really am thankful, I've been able to use some of my background mm -hmm. in broadcasting to do these type of shows. But have you ever thought about what you might have done had you not gone full-time in the ministry? So give us 
for those who maybe didn't see the first interview, briefly how you got started. But also, I'd like to answer that question. Was anything I grew up about. playing sports. What, what was your favorite sport? Uh, probably basketball. When my high school was so small that if you stood up, you went from basketball to football to baseball. I mean, yeah, yeah, you were going to play all, all <laughs> yeah, the sports. Play them all. Yeah. Uh, but I loved basketball. And I, uh, I thought I would be a basketball coach. Looking back on it, I realized I don't have the temperament for that. But uh, that's what I wanted to do when I was in high school, and I think that's probably what I would have done. Uh, a friend of mine said, Russell, really, you're an idiot servant. <laughs> you can do one thing, and you manage to listen to the Lord and you preach, and it's a good thing. Stay with that. Huh. So really, that might be a lesson for people. You said that in the last interview. Don't you think, uh, and I'm like you too, I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed, but for whatever reason, I've gotten very focused in the type of work we do and who we work with. Speak to the term focus, and maybe that's it. Maybe we're just too scattered, you think, and that gets in the way of our Thanksgiving? I, I do these mentoring groups for younger preachers, and I tell them, bloom where you're planted. Don't be always looking over your shoulder, what if, or could I try this? Once God plants you in a church, be the shepherd of that flock and stay focused. I believe in long ministries. Now, not everybody's supposed to stay 40 years like I did. But I think if God wants you to be someplace else, he'll make it so clear you don't have to go searching for it. And if, if there's one thing that helped me, it was getting in one place and staying a long time. I could do things after 20 years I couldn't do after 15. And I became more of the pastor to the community than just the local church. But it takes a while for the people in the community to trust you. So I, I think for the most part, if you stay focused and you know what your giftedness is and you have a passion for that, God can bless you. Mm, that's wonderful. One more thing, I guess that just came to my mind, and then a lot of our viewers are we know the demographics, obviously, back to focus. We have a lot of 55-year-old-plus folks, and I do sense that a lot of my clients that age come in, they're getting a little nervous and a little worried about that next generation coming up, Bob, whether it's financial, there seems to be a lot of chemical dependent, uh, they're just you know, broken families, I've got more and more people having to take care of their grandchildren. How could you speak to that age group that may be going through and just the concern they have for children and grandchildren nowadays? Well. I, I was never close to my grandparents. On the one side they had died, and on the other side they lived a distance away. And I've got seven grandkids. And I have discovered that I can be of influence in those grandkids' lives. That means I've got to show up. I've got to be willing to ride in the car. I don't try to put a lot of uh, information on them. But if you spend some time with your grandkids slowly, they, uh, they start asking you some questions. But something else, Tony, if I were to ask you, tell me the teacher or the mentor who meant the most to you, and then I ask you, tell me what they said. I bet you couldn't remember three sentences. No, I don't think I could. It's not what we say, it's who we are. Mm -hmm. That's why I say, in the presence of young people and grandchildren especially, let them see that you are a person of faith and you're not a griper, you're not a complainer, you're content with, let them see joy in your life. Let them see gratitude in your life. Let them, let them hear you praise them. They, they got enough critics today. Oh yeah, they need, social media, well that's oh, a, ooh. I went to my grandson's JV football game last night and I waited until he got dressed and came back out and we went and got a milkshake together. What do you think I'm gonna to talk to him about? I'm gonna to talk to him about what he did right mm. in that game. 
and he's no he's no star, but he had three or four plays where he did really really good. He pointed those and, out. And pointed those out. His face just lit up, <laughs> and I feel really close to my. But but it's attitude. Your your theme is attitude of gratitude, and it comes down the 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 older person has to intentionally say, I am going to be joyful today. This is the day the Lord has made. I'm going to be joyful and be glad in it. And on that note, I think that's a wonderful place to end. So Bob, once again, thank you for your time and these encouraging words. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Tony. Well, we hope you enjoyed that pre-recorded interview with Mr. Bob Russell of Bob Russell Ministries. And uh, Aaron, I think, I think that was very encouraging, don't you? I agree. You know, and I came out of that real quick in the essence of time. I kind of came up with the three T's of contentment. I'm going to really paraphrase what Mr. Russell said, but it's spending time with others, training with others, and trusting in others. And folks, maybe that's you. Maybe you feel like your advisor doesn't spend enough time with you. Uh, well, at Tony Walker Financial, we do. Maybe you feel your advisor is really not trained in the art of retirement planning. Again, folks, this is not about wealth management and money management. This is about helping you use and enjoy your money while you still can. And finally, that last T of trust. If you don't feel like you have someone in your corner that you can trust, not just to roll your money over and slap it in some investments, but somebody that has a full-fledged retirement planning firm that will be there for the long haul. Well, that's us at Tony Walker Financial. We would like the opportunity to at least just talk to you by phone or in person just to see how you're doing, what you're up to, what you're trying to accomplish, and how we might be of help. Log on right now if you'd like to take advantage of that at TonyWalkerFinancial.com. TonyWalkerFinancial.com. Let's get started or give us a call at 877-499-9255. That's 877-499-WALK. Well, we're looking forward to next week because I'm actually going to have my favorite son-in-law on the show to share something about the internet and clicking on a little button to get some financial advice and the ensuing mess that occurred. Good stuff coming your way next week and how you can safeguard more of your money and the information about your personal life with a lot of advisors in the financial world. You've been listening to The Worry-Free Retirement. I'm Tony Walker. I'll see you next week. Funny, funny, funny what money can do.